The legends are true. But overwhelming power! The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. This is the four-man rush. Hello, Panther fans, and welcome to another podcast of the Four Man Rush. I'm your host, Timmy VO, here with Kevin, Larry, and Will. And uh, if you're a Panther fan, you know what the hell is up right about now. <laughs> Ding down the witches. Di- no, I'm just joking. Uh, so we're going to talk about, oh, uh, Oh, Herney taking the old, well, another hiatus from the Panther organization. I don't know if he'll come back again or not. Who knows? <laughs> David better not. Anyway, uh, so uh, we're going to talk about the uh, the Herney situation. Uh, we'll also talk uh, talk about Tepper and his comments during his interview uh, along with that. And uh, then we'll talk, uh, talk about the old Rivera Bowl, which will be an interesting outing considering uh, – Ron Rivera has a heck of a uh, defensive front, and our O-line is Swiss cheese at best. Just saying. But, uh, so we'll talk about all that, folks. Twenty twenty is coming to an end. The 2020, 2021 season is coming to an end. But the four-man rush ain't, damn it. Hold on to your hats, folks. The four-man rush is on the scene. Will, how you feel about this Herney situation? Oh, indeed, indeed. <laughs> it's about time. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna love it. I think I've ever seen a guy get fired from his job and get rehired. I mean, and mm. no other teams wanted him in between his absence. I mean, where where they do that at? But you know, I think for us, a lot of us. I mean, we talk about it a while now since Tepper took over. It was a matter of if, but when. You know, so this news at all wasn't surprising to me, or probably anyone else, I would imagine. I think with Tepper, when he took over the team, you got to remember, he's a brand-new owner, so he knows nothing about running a football team. You know, whether it was he a passive investor, minority owner with the Steelers, he's not sitting in the war rooms and running the day-to-day operations of the Pittsburgh Steelers like he is now with Carolina. So he had a lot to learn coming in as a new owner. So I just think he just wanted a guy that he could trust, a guy that could teach him the business of football. You can look at how Marty was running things and say, you know what, I understand what he's doing here, but maybe I could do it this way and this way. So not only learn about how to run a football franchise, but what not to do. And I think that was a big part of keeping Herney around as long as he did. And then on top of that, you have a new coach who's never coached in the NFL before. Mm -hmm. So I think presence was also beneficial to him to help him transition into his new job but now I think that they've got it under control they can go about it themselves it was a perfect opportunity to say you know what let's let Herney go with two games left in the season that'll allow him to go interview for other jobs most likely the Washington job that's open and it'll allow them to get a jump start on their uh, GM search because as of right now there's five general manager openings in the NFL, and that's rare you ever see that. Mm. So you really got to get a jump start 
on trying to get the best candidates and interviewing as early as possible. So overall, I like the timing. I know a lot of fans hate Herney for their own reasons. Maybe he cut a player they really liked. He signed a player they didn't like. You know, he paid a player they didn't want. They didn't draft the guy they want, things like that. But I don't think any of that factored into this particular decision. I think this is more about Tepper wanting to get his guys in there and start fully start the David Tepper era. He got rid of Ron Rivera. He got rid of the quarterback, Cam Newton. Now he's finally gotten rid of Marty Herney so he can start from a clean slate and officially begin the David Tepper, Matt Rule era. True that, true that, true that. Uh, Kevin. Yeah, so for me, I mean, <laughs> you know, I got the um, – I had got the uh, the news right before it broke because, um, spite of you know what others may think about me, I do have sources within the organization. But anyway, uh, I got the text message that uh, the day was going to be a glorious day because uh, <laughs> you know uh, Martin Herner was about to get up out of here. So I was like, "Stop playing!" He's like, uh, "No, they took they you know decision already been made. It's it's just been you know ready to be announced to the media." So I was like. Oh hell yeah! Because you know, I've been on here saying, you know, tell him, you know, tell him the podcast, like, yo, there's a reason why Tepper just kind of laughed it off when you know Marty Herney's contract extension was brought up. Like, to me, I think that Tepper went into the season already knowing that it was going to likely not be uh, that it was going to likely be the last year, for, you know, for Herney not renewing his contract, which is up. You know, uh, I think it's what June 2021. Mm-hmm. So, you know, for me, I, it was just something that I can I could be I got to be honest. I had mixed emotions. You know, this whole Herney era, like I didn't I really didn't follow him closely his first time around until after the lockout when he started handing out all that those big contracts and I started like really paying attention to the salary cap implications and. You know, things of that nature, you know, when he, you know, gave both D'Angelo Williams and Jonathan Stewart, you know, huge money, mm-hmm. you know, you know, gave Charles Johnson a contract that even he said he was shocked how much he received because word was that the Atlanta Falcons were going to try to make a, a pitch for him. Like, uh, you know, Herney was, you know, Herney was just, you know, free flowing with the cash and it, it, it kind of you know, was brought to the light when we finally hired Gettleman, you know, saying that we was, you know, negative $16 million in the hole. And, you know, that's why we had to release players like Chris Gamble and things of that nature. So, yeah, mm-hmm. for me, um, you know, it was just like, man, man, hell yeah, Herney got to go, you know. And then we had the Gettleman era. And, you know, when, when we found out that, you know, the reason why Herney was brought back because, you know, former owner Mr. Richardson, he, he wanted – to keep Greg Olson and Thomas Davis around because, you know, Gettleman was loyal to that salary cap if he was loyal to nothing else. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so he was have, making plans move on. And apparently, uh, you know, Mr. Richardson's loyalty to the players meant more to him than anything. So that's what gave him, you know, the key to let, you know, Gettleman go. That's, I think it was July. Yeah, I think it was July 2017, you know, when Gettleman just came back off a of vacation in the Hamptons. And um, he brought back Herney, and Herney swore that he learned this lessons. And some areas he did improve on, but overall, a lot of his old habits, particularly with backloading contracts, really just came back to 
you know, really put us in this bad predicament here. And not only on not only that, but just, you know, his whole draft hit through after the first round pick. So uh, for me, I'm just glad that, you know, the hernia, the hernia era is gone. I think that's the last piece, big piece of the Richardson era. Now I think that is, you know, everything from here on out is all up under the Tepper regime. And um, I'm just thankful. I'm excited. Um, I'm, I'm glad. And um, I'm looking forward to the next phase. Right, right. Here, here. Uh, Larry, you have any knowledge to drop on us, man? I think, you know, when you don't address the things that are important to building a winner, it's always going to show. So it's just like it's no irony in it. We fell into mediocrity when he was holding the keys. He left. We had some winning seasons, and then when he come back, we're back at mediocrity again. So I think the writing's on the wall. His resume speaks for itself. Like I said, I thank him for his service, but at the end of the day, he's been missing in this draft. Man, we we talk all the time. Like we never have a good draft on day two and day three. And I think that's just who he is. He hits on first-round picks. When it comes to building a roster and having great depth, he's never been good at that. And we're in the position that we're in right now. He gave away draft capital. And when you break op- when you bust open Greg Little's tape, you're wondering why did we give up draft capital. So mm-hmm. <laughs> it's not just Greg Little. It's the Rashawn Golden pick. It's a lot of guys that just were misses. You know, we didn't get nothing out of Ian, Ian Thomas. Right. You know, a lot of most of the guys that he drafted in the last three years, they're not even on the team anymore. So it's time for a new vision. It's time for a new look at the roster. And I think it's just, it, it was time for him to get the axe. I don't have too much to say about Hernia. I just thank him again for his service. But we're all desperate to see a new set of eyes on things. Indeed. Indeed. I know I was a, the last post game I was talking about, you know, we need to we need to get Hernie up out of here and see what happens and hopefully we can you know, draft in in, in a manner that's gonna help out this offense especially. And uh well now now we have it. Hey, Tim, so many guys got checks on the couch. You know that? <laughs> <laughs> Truth, Jake, man. Jake the, Jake the Lone got a check sitting on the couch. Chilling at his ranch. Chilling. He uh, somehow found a way to get Matt Khalil still to get some paper God, on dang. the couch. Like, it's just so many guys are getting paid off dead money under the hernia era. So it's like we're tired of that shit, too. Hey, man. Are we still paying Thomas Davis, too? That's I mean, a dang. that's a that's a Kev question. That's a Kev <coughs> poor man Russ Capologist guy. Mm-hmm. Kev, are we still paying Thomas Davis, bro? Nah, we're not paying on Thomas Davis. Okay. Um, yeah, we're definitely not. Um <laughs> believe it or not, even though we released Steve Smith after the twenty thirteen season, he got money up to twenty sixteen due to his mm. contention he had got. Um Damn. from um from Herney before uh before Gettleman got here. So you know, that's he was talking shit time on um when they beat us in twenty fourteen, you know, Moa's lawn, you know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, man, that's um Hot Yeah, mess. Thomas Davis is uh is uh clean it's clean off the uh clean off the books now. There's no there's no dead money or anything left over uh, left over from here and nothing restructured, but um uh, it's plenty that say they can though. I know that's right. I know Kawan Short gonna be getting a check for a while too. Yep. Yep. Cause just to let y'all know how that gonna go, it's a matter of if we just take it all, take that lump all at once, or do we post June first and then split it up? 
you know, if we go ahead and let it go all at once, uh, it'll be um, it'll be eleven. Let's see, his, his salary is twenty million, so uh, it'll be a eleven million dollar cap hit with nine mm. million dollars in savings. But if we wait to June first, it'll only be six million dollar uh, cap hit this year, and then five million dollars the uh, uh, the following year. So it's just a matter of once again, hey, just go ahead and get it all out the way at once. Mm-hmm. Uh, the 2022 expected salary cap is going to be extremely favorable for us. So I say go ahead and just nip it all in the bud again while we're in the, quote, rebuilding phase and pay off this old debt. And that way, when this uh, new money comes in uh, post-pandemic with the league revenue, we'll, we'll be in a good position. Well, I hope that's the case, man. Oh, man. Oh, Herney. <laughs> Down goes Herney. Down goes Herney. Anyway. All right. So, uh, gentlemen, I guess we uh, we all know what's coming up on this Sunday. Oh, before we go into that, if you haven't subscribed to the Four Man Rush YouTube channel, please do. Um, if you're listening to this podcast, make sure that you subscribe and uh or and or follow uh our podcast on whatever platform you're listening to and uh, we really appreciate you guys um also uh, on behalf of the four man rush we like to send our condolences to the uh kevin green's family um heck of a a panther uh, you know here here at the early stages of the carolina panther franchise and got us to that uh nfc nfc championship game if i'm not mistaken Uh, heck of a player high energy Sack machine, man. Uh, when he passed away a little too young, man, at the age of fifty-eight years old. Um, so, uh, condolences to the uh, the Green family and, and all, all those all those attached to that family. Uh, peace and blessings to you. Anyway, okay, so um, Redskins, excuse me, Washington football team, excuse me, excuse me. They, they get used to that. I'm old school, folks. Please excuse me. <laughs> Shoot, my dad, my dad had a uh, John Riggins jersey. Real talk. Um, anyway, so the Rivera Bowl. Will, are we going to come out of this unscathed? <laughs> no, we're going to have to. We're really going to have to draft a quarterback because that that four man rush is going to going to smash us. I don't know what's up. Yeah, I mean, on paper, I don't like this matchup at all. Oh. I mean, Washington's front four, I mean, just to describe, they're dominant, man. I mean, you got four first-round <laughs> picks with Chase Young, Deron Payne, Jonathan Allen, and Montez Sweat. Uh, the veteran Ryan Kerrigan isn't too shabby either. Boy, they just get after it. I mean, mm-hmm. they you just see these guys take over games at times and just carry the team like you rarely see from just one unit. And, I mean, you just know how – I mean, Jack Del Rio's their deep coordinator – but I mean, still a, t- a typical Ron Rivera scheme. And I just envision, like, you know, they're going to come out the heavy zone coverage like Rivera always does. He's going to mix it up, do a lot of disguises pre-snap. And I think what you're going to see a lot of is, you know, Teddy's going to make his pre-snap read, you know, see, go through his progressions. By the time he's on the second and third progression, you're going to have Chase Young on your back. You're going to have Ryan Kerrigan and Deron Payne and all those guys in your face. And I think if we just get in those must-pass situations in this game, I mean, it can get it's going to be a struggle to move the ball and 
score on this team. You got to stay ahead of the sticks. You can't be in third and long. You can't get penalties putting you behind on drives. You know, you can't be down on points, two, three scores where you have to pass and they know the play that's coming. So I think the offense will have his work cut out for them this week. It's going to be a big challenge for our offensive line to block these guys and try to move the ball. Uh, defensively, that's another story. I mean, the Washington offense has had their ups and downs all year. I know Dwayne Haskins was caught in a strip club with no mask, so I don't think he's going to be playing this Sunday. <laughs> um, it'll either be Alex Smith or former Panther Taylor Heineke. So, I mean, I think our defense can have a field day today. I know Brian Burns is going to have a lot to prove after he just got snubbed from the Pro Bowl from the guy on the other sideline. So, I mean, we'll see. Hopefully we'll see some growth from this young defense, and maybe they can help carry us to try to end this losing streak. And I tell you what, man, I, I'm I am a little worried. I'm 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 little I'm happy that Heineke got a got a uh, got a place to stay, man. After that that gruesome injury he he took, but uh, man, I'm I'm worried about Teddy. Kev, how you feel about this game, bud? Yeah, well, for me, I look at this game as <laughs> potentially uh, no no pun intended. Even though it's gonna come out that way, uh, this is gonna be a game about uh, who's gonna miss the most opportunities. <laughs> <laughs> you know, is the Panthers' defense gonna miss opportunities to take advantage of a uh, struggling up and down Redskins offense? And you know, can the uh, Panthers' offense? you know, take advantage of whatever opportunities to, uh, you know, take advantage of this defense because once you get past this front four, there's definitely, definitely um, room to, you know, eat and feast. I mean, outside of this recent win streak they've uh, been on, I think, I think they did just lose to Seattle, but prior to that, I think they had won like, what, three in a row? Like, this was a team that was sitting on one or two wins for like the first two months. Mm -hmm. uh, so, yeah, they are, quote, getting hot at the right time, taking advantage of a uh, what's been called one of the weakest divisions in football in several years. The NFC East is horrible. East, that's what they're that's what these analysts are saying. But, you know, they, they, they still got a uh, they still got a race. So they're they for them. This this game is playoff implications. So I definitely expect uh, to see the see both uh, see both sides of the ball. Uh, both sides of the ball to be played hard by the Redskins, you know, mm. home. And I don't care how much Rivera trying to downplay it. You know, this game is personal for him. Yeah. Like, he, he, he can say what he wants, but this is definitely going to be personal. And the fact that we got a sequel because next year, due to the how the schedule works out, the Redskins going to be coming to Charlotte in, in 2021. So, you know, whoever wins this one, the rematch has already been reset. So... Mm. It's going to be either a sweep or a split, one way or the other. So we'll see how it plays out. But you know, for me, I'm I'm just at to the point where I'm just ready for. Like I already know what I'm getting with this team. It's going to be a sluggish start. They kind of get me frustrated. <laughs> they're they finally like they got their shit together and they're going to do it. And then them last five minutes of the fourth quarter, you know, it's a. Uh, the Park Lake Hotel. So, uh, 
I can't, I can't, I can't fake it. Y'all know I'm one of the most optimistic, you know, people around. But this year has really humbled my optimism in the game. <laughs> I'm, I'm just pretty much. If we win, great. And if we don't, great. I'm, you know, you know. Hey, <laughs> um, that's that's where I'm at with it at this stage. I feel you. Um, no, I don't condone tanking. So anybody that's listening here and that, oh, Kevin, don't care. We win or lose either way. I'm not saying that. But what I'm saying is I recognize what my team is, and I recognize their style of play. And anything, if you can tell that this team has played anything differently than what I just described a moment ago, let me know. But I just really, I just really see this as a chance that, yeah, this could be a win, even though it's on the road. But – you know, with the recent, you know, recent play, you know, particularly quarterback play, offensive line play, um, you know, the, the the run defense, you know, look like, you know, they took a big punch in the mouth first half last week and then finally got right in the second half. Now, we see the second half defense for the whole game this week. Ooh. Oh, we're going to win. <laughs> oh, yes. We, we, yeah, we're going to win, definitely. So, again, it just depends on um, – you know what side gonna show up and 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 who's gonna play, but uh, the opportunity is there to get a win, and it, uh, it would be nice. But at this point, I'm numb to it. It is what it is for me at this point. Yeah, yeah. Larry, it's no such thing as tanking when your season's already over, fellas. So well, well you got a point there. I told y'all last week I was all about the draft. My eyes are on Panay Sewell. So whatever it takes to get my dog in here, that's what it's going to be. Just to add to it, you know, it's about the last eight years, I told y'all I don't ever bet against Ron Rivera in December. So we playing a team that, you know, it's a get-back game for Ron Rivera. It's playoff implications for Ron Rivera. And the man just don't lose like that in December. So it's not too much I can say to you know, to boost our confidence as far as us going in here and getting a win. Um, I've been hyping on how terrible our offensive line has been for the past several years. And we just so we just happen to be facing probably the best young front in the league, to be honest with you. You know, people were pretty mad that Brian Burns got snubbed in the Pro Bowl because mm. Chase Young got voted in. If you go look at those stats, Chase Young not even their best edge statistically. Montez Sweat got more sacks than Chase Young right now. So you're getting it from all angles, man. It's going to be a long day for Taylor Moten. Hopefully, if I can speak any optimism, he'll have a better game than he did last week because he got abused on national television. Mm. And, you know, we've been talking big about re-signing him, so he's got to he, he's got to earn that back with me. I lost a tad bit of confidence in him in primetime. But, mm. you know, just looking at their unit, like it's a if you look at the, the Washington football team as a roster, you feel like, they have a very good roster outside of the quarterback position. If they can find stability at the quarterback position, you're talking about a, a, perennial, a perennial contender right now. You know, just just take yourself back to the Panthers 2013. Everything was built around that front. That front seven they got in Washington is ferocious. That's why I think that when Ron took that job, he knew exactly what time it is. Oh, this is the perfect situation for me, and he took it. So... You know, they started off slow. The NFC East is trash, but right now he has his team in position to go ahead and make a run in January. So this is like a must-win situation for him. So, you know, looking at us, the way the season's been, I'm not mad. Same same tune I'm playing. You know, I just want to see the young guys continue to get better, but it's not much I can look at to see, you know what, we can go into Washington and get a win. Because this season's fell apart, man. Let's look forward to the draft. Let's look forward to a new regime coming in in that front office. 
And I mean, if you just love football, enjoy watching the game on Sunday. Yeah, as always, indeed. There's still going to be some Panther football playing, folks. And, you know, <laughs> any given Sunday, you never know. You never know. I just know Teddy better not hold on to that ball very long. <laughs> He's gonna be going. He's gonna be getting tagged, man. Oh, dude. Um, what any um injury update? So uh, who, who would we have at left tackle? Was it still gonna be? Was it Scott? Yeah, still Scott. Um, Trent Scott at a uh, at left tackle. So whether it's Chase Young or Montez Sweat, they they got to be licking their chops. I think they're gonna both take turns. Mm. Uh, this would definitely be a game. Look. Just go ahead and put Man Hurts at tight end on Scott's side, and and we'll take our chance with whoever you know Moten has to deal with. I, <laughs> I, I really would not be mad if that was the if that was the blatant strategy, uh, you know, to have a tight end on 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 that side. I know that may make it seem predictable and favorable, but that would also reduce the amount of damage considerably. Mm. Um, in, in, in my particular position. So if we see a lot of tight end personnel this game, um, you know, definitely look for a lot of it to be on the side of uh, where our left tackle is going to be because these boys are are hungry. You know, I know that I know this in the film. I mean, don't get me wrong. I think Trent Scott is a player that has earned the opportunity to come back and try to get coached up and build some more. He definitely has a physical, nasty, a little bit of nasty, a little bit of aggressive side, but he needs definitely to be coached up and fine-tuned some more. Mm-hmm. But, um, but yeah, he's definitely nowhere near something that's keeping, you know, defensive coordinators worried about or, you know, uh, edge rushers, you know, too concerned about um, up front. So, yeah, Trent Scott is uh is the guy at left tackle, and I'm not I'm not sure who's the who's the backup because as as was mentioned earlier, uh, Dennis Daly has went on the um, IR list with a concussion, so we hey. will no longer have his services for the remainder of the year. Adios, muchacho. <laughs> Man, um, I don't know too much about the uh, Redskins secondary. Uh, if, if we buy, if we if if we buy Teddy some time, can we take advantage of that secondary will? You know, it's like with the old Panther teams. We never really had. I mean, maybe twenty fifteen being the outlier. We never really had an elite secondary under Ron Rivera. But this front seven was just so dominant. It didn't really matter. Mm-hmm. I think. On the back end, you're just going to see a lot of zone coverages, a lot of disguises. And all their job is really is to make Teddy come off his first progression and hold the ball a little longer to allow that pass rush to get there. And I think mm. what another thing that Ron Rivera is going to do as well with his zone blitz schemes, he likes to create mismatches. So, you know, he's going to attack. He's going to, he knows your pass protection scheme. He's going to try to devise blitzes to create matchups so that your, for example, maybe your running back ends up having to block a defensive tackle or your offensive tackle is going to end up having to block a faster cornerback coming off the edge. And he's just very creative in how he'd be able to create those blitzes and stunts and uh, mismatches in those rush situations. And another thing about it, I mean, our offensive line can't pick up with stunts <laughs> this whole year. Man. So, I mean, when you got a guy like Ron Rivera, I mean, we know what Ron Rivera does with stunts and zone blitzes. I mean, that's his 
I mean, that's what he does. So, I mean, I know he's in his office right now, you know, devising all these different, you know, blitzes and stunts to try to attack our offensive line, create matchups, overload blitzes, you know, have two of our blockers against three rushers. Anything he can do to just get after the quarterback, disrupt him and make him pound the ball, hold it for just that little bit longer to allow his guys to get there. Mm. Good answer. Yeah, it's <laughs> we're gonna have to take advantage of of, of the uh, the short pass game and hopefully get some decent yaks off of that. Apparently, but of course we're gonna have to run the football too. Um, as far as our defense goes, you guys mentioned, you know, Brian Burns is going. He's gonna he's gonna be highly motivated. Um, and I I think I think Chen <clears throat> Chen can hold it hold it down and, and get it get things done too. We'll, we'll we'll see, man. We'll see. We'll see. Um, so, okay. Uh, so, Larry, what um, do you have anything else you want to add about, about this or Redskins game? Uh, what do you want? Optimism for me? <laughs> I'm just playing. Shit, all the optimism you're going to give us about the draft. I know that. I mean, um, <laughs> Kev brought up an interesting point that I now that Dennis Daly. Mm. He's on IRs. I mean, not IRs. Well, he's not playing. He's hurt. I'm kind of concerned what would happen if Trent Scott went down. But you know what? You got a guy named Tyler Larson that come in and play <laughs> some center, play some guard. You got a, you got a couple guys we ain't seen out there yet. So you can always find some optimism in that. You would like to know what you have going into next year as far as the roster goes and the True. backups go. True. But uh, I'm just hoping that we look like a formidable football team at this point. I'm not expecting a big win or anything like that. I'd like for them to keep the game close if possible. True. But other than that, you know, I've always been a big fan of Ron Rivera. I'm not hoping that he wins. I just know what that man is like in December when he's got tunnel vision trying to get to January. So mm-hmm. the way we've been playing, the way we've been trending versus the way the Washington football team has been trending, it's not looking too good. Not at all. Now, I would like to add that I know this has been teased over us the last few weeks, and we just got to see how the upcoming practice go. But something that will help negate that pass rush is if we're able to get a healthy Christian McCaffrey back That'd be nice. uh, for that game. Now, nice. now, now that, yeah, now that would uh, definitely swing things a lot more favorable uh, for us, not only, you know, against running, you know, running-wise, but definitely in the – passing game, you know, this is definitely a game where folks are going to be mad about check downs because like we spoke of this, this vaunted, extremely talented defensive line here. Y'all, Teddy don't throw it deep. You really want him to do five, seven step drop backs against this defensive line? Mm-mm. Really? Mm-mm. Really? Mm-mm. You know, the channel my, you know, inner Chris Jericho, really? <laughs> but yeah, I uh, and 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 that kind of fits more towards Rivera because you know you sit in the zone, you want to jump those quick thing passing stuff. It's it's uh, so it's it's going to be interesting. I, this game is going to tell me a whole lot more about Joe Brady and if he can adjust because Pretty I'm good. sure he's seen this on film as well. So for me, this game is going to say a whole lot more about Joe Brady than anything. Knowing that your offensive line is going to be. Um, um, is 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 not up to full strength. What are you going to come up with to negate 
can we say arguably the best pass rusher in football right now? I mean, mm. if there's another squad out there, I, I can't think of one up front. Mm. Um, but yeah, so for me, I, I'm just curious to see what uh what kind of scheme and strategy um, Joe Brady is going to put together to to counter this uh, front four, so that we can take advantage of that back seven. Indeed, indeed. Oh man, well, folks. We got two games left in the season, and then we have the off season, the combine, all that other good stuff. And you best believe the four man rush is going to give you everything you need to know, um, and you know all that good stuff. But right now we got we got a we got a game on Sunday. It's been flexed to the four four oh five, so be be sure to remember that. Um, and uh, shoot, hang out, watch the game. You might be impressed. Who knows? Who knows? Mike Davis might might run for a buck fifty. Who knows? Who knows? Because we're not throwing the ball. <laughs> Flats, Texas routes. That's about all we're gonna get out of Teddy, man. <laughs> Poor guy. Lord have mercy. This be the perfect game to bring back out the wing T offense. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Real talk, man. Shit, but set a wishbone. Shoot. Hey. See, we can confuse him with some misdirection. Why not? <laughs> Why not? Shoot. But, uh, I mean, it's, we, we have two 1,000 yard receivers. Um, you know, I mean, it, you know, it, it, quite frankly, you know, DJ, DJ's just as dangerous getting a five yard slant as he is getting a, you know, 20, 20 or 30 uh, nine route down, down the side. So, I mean, it's, you never know, folks. You never know. Um, our def- our defense, when they are clicking, can they they can put they, they can stymie an offense. So I mean, if we can keep it close, who knows? Who knows? But um, I just like to see, I just like to see our young players go out there and, and continue to continue their growth, continue that that consistency that they starting to starting to put together. Man, I'm, I'm really enjoying that, especially from Brown and Chen. Loving that, loving it. All right, gentlemen. So. Um, any parting, any parting shots, uh, Will? Uh, yeah. Um, just wanted to say one more thing. I was uh, uh finally got a rare interview from uh, owner David Tepper this week, mm-hmm. and he said some interesting things about uh, the GM hire and what he wants to do going forward. I mean, it's on the Panthers' website, so if anyone wants to listen to it, I mean, you're welcome to. But two things I thought was interesting was, one, what he's going to look for the next GM hire. Is it going to be an internal or external guy? Mm-hmm. And I think the key thing he said here is he wants there to be collaborative effort between Matt Rule and the general manager. So does that mean there's going to be somebody with um, ties to Matt Rule? I know Kev had posted a list on our Twitter account of guys that have had connections with Matt Rule in the past. That could be possibilities for the next hire. I'll let him talk about those guys. Another thing he said was, you know, he kind of signaled on what his plans were to address weaknesses on the team. I mean, he said he name-dropped the secondary that obviously we needed help back there. And he mentioned, you know, he's going to continuously evaluate the quarterback position because until he has that guy that can consistently – um, get you to the playoffs and eventually win you Super Bowls, you're just going to have to keep taking a look and evaluating that position 
year after year. So I think, you know, he left the door open to possibly draft a quarterback if we pick in the top five at the end of the season. I don't think he ruled out the possibility of either drafting one this year or next year, but it's just something to look out for as we enter this draft season. I know there's a lot of, I think there's about three or four quarterbacks that are expected to be picked in the top 10 in the draft. So Mm. the Panthers picking in the top 10, I mean, that's a very realistic possibility right now. So I mean, it's an interesting interview. You rather get to hear from your owner, team owner, um, often. So if you have a chance, just go ahead and listen to that interview. We'll see what he has to say. It gives you kind of a picture in the direction of where he wants to go with this franchise. Great, great, great. Will, Will touched on uh, something earlier. Well, it might not have been on this podcast particularly, but we were having a conversation in private. And, you know, I don't think you can veer too far away from the idea of us hiring from within. If you look at traditionally how it works with a GM, a GM comes in and they kind of get to decide what coach they want. The GM usually has say in that. Mm-hmm. And you look at Matt Rule's contract, I doubt any GM is going to have say on who the coach is going to be. So we already know who the coach is going to be. So you got to mm-hmm. figure out, is that really an, an attractive job for a GM? So, you know, we might not have to hire anybody from outside because it might not be that attractive for somebody like a Lewis Riddick that might want to come in and, you know, have his own staff and put the people place, put the people in place that he wants. So you got to figure out, you got to find out how you're going to get that good marriage. Whoever it's going to be, they're going to have to get along with Matt Rule because he's clearly, clearly the future of the franchise right now. So looking at us, if you look at a job like Jacksonville, <laughs> Carolina is not the most attractive <laughs> attraction right now. So... You know, just my thoughts. I kind of, I'm kind of leaning towards what Will was saying. You know, this might be a, a hire from within, and I'm. That's just how I feel. Because I wouldn't me, me as a person, that's the type of personality that I have. If I can't pick my coach, I don't want the job. That's just me personally. So, <laughs> how many people actually want to come into the situation and work with Matt Rule? That's a big question that needs to be answered. Yeah, that's that's a damn good question. Damn good question. Uh, go ahead, Blair. Yeah, one last thing. I was uh, talking to my cousin, who's a defensive analyst at Temple, mm-hmm. and he also was a scout in the, in the in the pros. He was telling me that, you know, if you look at our philosophy, what Matt Rule likes, he likes athletic guys. He wants athleticism mm-hmm. at every position. Mm-hmm. On the pro level, that's usually not the best the best way because almost everybody's athletic. You really want guys that are polished. The reason right. why I worked at a college level is because college is dominated by athleticism. So that philosophy worked for Matt Rule in school. You know, go get the fastest guys, get the strongest guys. Usually you can win like that in college. It's not necessarily the same thing at the pro level. So that's something else to keep in mind. It's, is this philosophy going to match with the NFL GM? True that. True that. Uh, Kev, you want anything uh, on the way out? Yeah, uh, out the strength of Will um, talking about the uh, people that I posted on our Twitter account, just to give you a quick rundown of them real quick. Uh, first candidate I put up was a guy by the name of Brandon Hunt. Um, he had been with the Pittsburgh Steelers 10 years, so he's familiar with uh, Mr. Tepper. Tepper became a, a partial owner back in 2009, so pretty much they were – uh, they have at least six or seven years of, you know, at least been within the same organization. So there's uh, familiarity there. Um, you know, the Steelers, 
you know, I know they suck right now, but they're, you know, a healthy team. You'll see that uh, they've really turned that team around and made this team better. So he had a lot to do with the transactions that, you know, really helped stabilize the team. Uh, so, you know, you know, Stiller, you know, Tepper like having um, his uh, familiarity uh, with somebody from uh, from the organization he came with came with here. Um, so, again, his name is uh, Brandon Hunt. Uh, the second person that uh, I shared and posted was uh, is, uh, is very familiar with the Carolinas, actually. His name is Joe. I think it's pronounced Sean, S-C-H-O-E-N. Hmm. Uh, he's actually the current assistant general manager of the Buffalo Bills under former Panther. Is that Brandon Bean? He was actually a scout for the Panthers from 2001 to 2008. Hmm. Uh, he got on with the uh, Miami Dolphins and um, uh, after leaving the Panthers, and he worked his way up from uh, to become um, the director of player personnel during that time frame. And uh, he was uh, so he definitely has some definitely has some good experience there. Uh, was able to put together some good you know roster talent wise. I know it didn't lead to wins, but he was definitely able to um, have a say in getting some good quality players uh, down to South South Beach. Not hard to get anybody. Not hard to convince anybody to move to Miami. But anyway, <laughs> well. and then the third guy uh, would touch a little bit more on what Larry spoke of about uh, nobody wants to come in who um, who isn't comfortable with Matt Rule. Well, this guy could potentially, and again, potentially be uh, someone who wouldn't have that problem. And that's a guy by the name of Adam Peters. Hmm. Uh, he's currently um, the 49ers, uh, San Francisco 49ers vice president of player, uh, player personnel. Mm-hmm. Uh, Matt Rue was his defensive line coach in back in UCLA mm-hmm. uh, back in the day, mm-hmm. um, and they've stayed in touch uh, over the years. Um, this was back in 2001, so you know that's a you know we're talking about nearly staying in touch almost two decades here. And um, with Peters, he was a key piece under John Lynch with helping turn the uh, 2016 49ers who were two and fourteen into um, a Super Bowl team in three years. So he definitely has seen what it would take to take a uh, team rebuilding, starting off from scratch and help, you know, build them up as well. So just showing that some players has got some ties to not only the Matt Rule and Tepper, but the Carolinas in general. So these are potential uh, possible candidates who uh, could be some that we uh, interview and, and contact. Obviously, um, the one for, um, you know, with the playoffs, we can't talk to none of these guys because, uh, you know, their team's still in it. All three teams are in the playoffs. So that should be an indication of success right there. Hmm. Um, well, outside of outside of Peters for the 49ers. Chef, what's his uh, What's that name? You said it's Peters? Adam Peters. Adam yeah. Peters. If I look at the way that Niners team was built, that's exactly how I want my team built. <laughs> so just being honest. And I had a question for Will. Um, you mentioned Pat Stewart. Did we talk about him tonight? And if you if we didn't, can you touch on him briefly? Yeah, Pat Stewart is the our current pro personnel director. So what pro personnel side does, they're the ones that handle your free agents, um, practice squad, things like that. And I thought he's done a pretty solid job piecing together this roster given the circumstances. I mean, he got guys like Russell Douglas that were able to come in and contribute, you know, on last minute notice. Mm-hmm. So I think he's, you know, he's well-respected in the scouting community. He was with the New England Patriots as a pro scout for several years. He was with the Philadelphia Eagles as a scout mm-hmm. for several years. So 
between those two organizations. I mean, you're talking about a guy with multiple championship, you know, rings in his jewelry box. So I think he he was with Matt Rule in the early 2000s at Western Carolina. So that relationship is there. They've worked together before there. They've worked together for a season here now. So I think it's a very realistic possibility that, that they do their due diligence and interview outside candidates, but ultimately possibly promote Pat Stewart to the general manager and maybe even Luke Keekley can replace Pat Stewart as the pro personnel director and have that type of structure with Keekley reporting mm-hmm. to Pat Stewart. So that'll be interesting to see. I mean, I'm, I'm kind of in favor of that. Maybe Luke Keekley can be our own Dan Morgan. That's what I was going to say, yeah. That's some, that's some great football minds right there, buddy, especially Luke in the room. Man, things are changing, Panther fans, and I believe this is the – beginning of what is the the new phase, the truly new phase of the Carolina Panther franchise. <sighs> if I have any requirements for my next general manager, he better know how to look at the offensive line. He better know how to get him a left tackle. True that. True talk. Like like for real, they 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 have got to get that old line straight starting the off season. You better know how to identify a left tackle. You better know what the word nasty means. And if you can get those things right, I'm on board. Realness. Realness. Yeah, and also throw in the secondary because when you look at the history of this franchise, what's the two areas that have that we never could say we had uh, at an elite level at any time? We've had elite quarterback play, Cam. We've had elite run- – we definitely had elite running backs. Oh, gosh. Yeah. Uh, we've had elite tight end, you know, Olsen yeah. and, and um, Walls. Yeah. Uh, we've had elite defensive line. We've had – line. I mean, God, elite linebackers. I mean, what's to say? What's the two positions that we can say that we've never really been elite at for any stretch of years? And that's the offensive line and that's the secondary. And, I, I, I you know, I want to double down that, yeah, I'm a trench guy like Larry, but I've – you know, dealing with uh, Will and, you know, Jadarius and Vince and other guys on the Foreman Rush that, you know, some secondary gurus, like, I've, I've seen it, man. I've, we, it's, we've had great defenses that's, you know, front sevens but still get torched on the back end. So I want a gym that's definitely can have that mm-hmm. same ability on, on all levels. You know, not, you know, uh, not to take away from what Larry wants someone on the offense line because that definitely would be tops, but, you know, mm-hmm. I – I know we can't have all pros on, on in every position, but damn it, we can have a, a players and a system set up that allow us to, you know, no matter who we get, you know, it's plug and play, you know. I think in years past, the reason why our secondary has been absolute trash is because for a long time it just lacked athleticism. We don't have that problem now, so I'm also with you. I would love to maybe go get a top-notch corner, but just looking at my roster now, I'm kind of comfortable. Knowing that at least I have athletes back there that can be coached up. That's the only mm-hmm. sole reason why I'm prioritizing the O line over the secondary because I just feel like if you close your eyes and you just gotta know what type of athletes you got, you got some athletes back there. They're not they're not ready yet. I know Troy Pod isn't there, but I still like the athleticism that's back there. You know, we've had we we were at one point in the season we were like seventh in pass defense. You know, we we do have a lot of reasons to be optimistic. It's just been when we get abused, we get abused back there. And it's been like that for years. So I agree with both of y'all. Outstanding. Well, gentlemen, I can't wait to see what happens with this football franchise. I'll tell you that right now. 
I'll tell you that right now. Uh, so, Panther fans, once again, thank you guys and gals for checking out the, the uh, Four Man Rush podcast. Uh, be sure to watch that game on Sunday. Be sure to tune in for uh, the uh, post-podcast with uh, Kevin on Facebook Live. Um, and be sure to check out all, all our social media platforms. And, of course, the Four Man Rush website at www.thefourmanrush.com. Whether you're listening to this podcast in the morning, afternoon, or evening, Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays, Happy New Year. The COVID is real. Stop playing games. Stop playing games. Please stop playing games. Um, and shoot, make sure you enjoy your eggnog. Don't drink too much liquor. <laughs> hey, Tim, Christmas came early. Hernie's gone. Uh, I'm like granddad from Boondock. He's gone. He's gone. He's gone. <laughs> yeah, man. Christmas came early for for most most Panther fans. I mean, you know, I don't know. I don't, I don't know too many Panther fans who are going to disagree with that move. But you know, he's gone. He's gone. Ernie probably got a bottle of Jim Bean and a pack of Marlboro Reds right now, eating some sausage and some jerky, bro. <laughs> And a cabin up in them damn mountains or some shit. <laughs> Man, him and Oliver already texting, like, go ahead and beat these fuckers. They just fired me for you. Well, yeah, let me tell you what I know. <laughs> you, know you know that's what it is. <laughs> you know that's what it is. Her- Hernie and his uh, six nine mo, he's snitching like hell. <laughs> yeah, both of them motherfuckers petty, boy. You know they, oh, yeah, you know it. You know it. They're petty as hell. Yeah, it's the reason why the, the Redskins kept their GM spot open all year. So, hey. Yeah, they know uh, guys, what's up. Yeah. They yeah, they, they was waiting. They knew what was happening. Writing was on the wall. Yeah, they knew. They knew what's up. But, um, yeah, man. Sunday, 4 o'clock, the Rivera Bowl. <laughs> Panther fans, as always, keep pounding. Hold it down. Merry Christmas. Keep pounding, y'all. Happy holidays. Happy Kwanzaa. I like this shit. Man, good job, fellas. And that's a clear. Oh, man. Hernie's gone, boy. I can't, <laughs> can't wait. Boy, that's a Christmas present in itself, boy. God. She love it. We are in public and we can just chill with my partners and we can go back to my crib and just chill out the covers and do we come in and you love us. The Foreman Rush is brought to you by the love and respect of and for the Carolina Panthers and Carolina Panther fans everywhere. Keep pounding. The Four Men Rush is a non-affiliate of the Carolina Panther organization. All thoughts, assessments, and content of this podcast is directly related to the Four Men Rush exclusively. Thank you.